last one standing wins. <laughs> Professional Podcast. Drinking from Human Skulls. A professional podcast. Greetings once again. It's me, your host, Doni, back once again for another episode of Drinking from Human Skulls. Saddle up, because it's going to be a good one. Another COVID-19 episode. I just can't get over this mass hoodwinking that we're dealing with right now in the world, and I've got to bring it to light for all those folks out there who are on the fence about what's going on, for all those people who might have been buying into the propaganda put forward by the governments, the news media, fueled by Big Pharma, and who knows, perhaps other nefarious forces, that is yet to be seen. But what is clear is that they want everyone to get vaccinated, especially those who are vaccine-hesitant. I guess people don't like being called anti-vaxxers, and they're really not responding well to that. For example, myself, I am not an anti-vaxxer, but I'm certainly vaccine-hesitant when it comes to the coronavirus vaccines. And you're going to see why in this episode there's a lot of reasons to be hesitant. And combine that with the fact that we probably don't even need these vaccines at all, if you aren't in the high-risk category. And yet, President Joe Biden is doing a big push. He says everyone over the age of 16 should be vaccinated immediately. Take a big old drink of this to get it started, will you? Now is the time for everyone over 16 years of age to get vaccinated. Unlike the target groups where we've made such great progress, the broad swath of American adults still remain largely unvaccinated. In a number of states, they weren't eligible for the vaccination until this week. Too many younger Americans may still think they don't need to get vaccinated. So let me explain two reasons why we need everyone over 16 years of age in America to get vaccinated and share what we're going to do to encourage it. So there you go, Sleepy Joe saying, let's get our vaccine if you're over 16. Well, he's going to tell you why and saddle up because it don't make any sense. Take a drink. The first reason, quite simply, is to keep you from getting very sick or dying. Hundreds of Americans are still dying from COVID every day. The data could not be clearer at this point. If you are fully vaccinated, Two weeks beyond your last shot, you are nearly 100% protected against death from COVID. No matter what your age, <clears throat> no matter what your health history, until you are fully vaccinated, you are still vulnerable. The vaccine can save your life. Well, Joe, I'm not so sure about that because even your fake data from the CDC shows that you haven't got anything to worry about unless you're over the age of 80. And frankly, if you're over the age of 80, you have a lot of health concerns that you do need to worry about besides COVID. COVID-19 is just one of them. So if you want to take a vaccine, you're over the age of 80 and you want to take an experimental 
COVID-19 vaccine, by all means, do that if you feel okay. But why are we being pressured? Everyone is being pressured to get the vaccine shamed in the media, pressured by the government, looming talks of COVID passports in North America, Canada, America, Europe, etc. Gain access to your freedoms if you get this experimental vaccine. It don't compute. It ain't right. I will take my chances with COVID. Newsflash, I think I've already got it. My son goes to daycare. He's one and a half years old. He brings shit home. Absolutely, I've gotten a little bit of a tickle in my throat. Was it COVID-19? I don't know. I, I, I didn't even flinch. Should I get a vaccine? I'm not scared. I don't think I'm going to be affected by this virus. So why would I take an experimental vaccine to save my life? Well, I, I think my immune system can do that. It's So far, it's served me quite well. What do you think, Joe? Tell me another reason why I should get the vaccine, will you? The second reason to get vaccinated is to protect your community, your family, your friends, and your neighbors. Vaccines can save your own life, but they can also save your grandmother's life. Your, you know, your co-worker's life, the grocery store clerk, or the delivery person, helping you and your neighbors get through the crisis. I don't know about you guys, but I'm so sick of this logic because it makes utterly no sense whatsoever. Here's the deal. If somebody's vulnerable or they feel like they're in danger, then they can get the vaccine. And shouldn't that protect them? Well, if they work, that should protect them. Now, whether they work or not, I think that's a whole nother question. Certainly, we haven't even finished stage three trials of these things, not to mention what the long-term effects, what the adverse effects, and believe me, we'll get into some of that later. But the bottom line is, if I don't want to get the vaccine and somebody else is vaccinated, then there should be no danger to that person. Why is it my responsibility to take an experimental vaccine I have many more years to live. My wife has many more years to live. My precious son has many more years to live. Why would they want to take the vaccine? Why would I want to take the vaccine? There's virtually no danger. I feel safe. I feel that my immune system works well. I take vitamin D. I take vitamin C. I take multivitamins. I have a pretty healthy diet. I've only gotten really sick from flu-like symptoms a couple times in the last 10 years. And when I say really sick, I just mean I took a few days off work and I was like, oh, I feel miserable. And I took some cold medicine. It wasn't even severe. I didn't see a doctor, nothing. So why would I get a vaccine, an experimental vaccine that by all accounts has tons and tons of adverse effects? In fact, as of today, May 2nd, 2021, According to the website OpenVAERS, which is a curation of the data in the VAERS database, V-A-E-R-S, Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, in America alone, we have 3,544 deaths from the COVID vaccine. These are reports filed by doctors. We have 8,165 hospitalizations. We have 16,554 visits to urgent care. We have 734 reports of Bell's palsy. We have 636 anaphylactic shock events. 
We have 19,000 visits to a doctor's office. We have 889 heart attacks. We have 152 miscarriages. We have 5,782 severe allergic reactions. And we have 593 events of thrombosis, which is basically a low platelet count caused by this vaccine. Who knows how long-term that'll be. So we've got a lot of adverse effects. This is just in America. There are almost 120,000 adverse events reported from the COVID vaccine. And again, this is just in America. I don't want to get any of those effects. I will take my chances with the COVID-19 virus, not the COVID-19 vaccine. And I think most people with a sane look at the data would do the same exact thing. But the problem is everyone's being assaulted on all sides by the media by the pandering politicians who think they're doing the right thing, who are obviously either in the pocket of Big Pharma or influenced by people, doomsayers, who are politicians, not physicians, not experts in their field. Because as I've said before, to be an expert in your field, you have to devote all of your time to that and none of your time to politics. And the people who are on the camera telling you what to do have devoted a significant portion of their time to politics. That's why they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Speaking of someone who doesn't know what she's talking about, we've got Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern from New Zealand, Kiwi in charge. And she basically reveals that the vaccine doesn't work in this hot little clip. Take a drink and you'll see exactly what I mean. Yes, all of the signs here pointing very much to the fact that this was a, a border worker um, who did work in an environment where they were coming into contact with uh, uh, the planes that are used to transport people from red zones, so from high-risk countries. So this is an individual who, uh, who boards planes to clean them after they've come um, from places where there is COVID, uh, carrying passengers with COVID. So a very clear link at this stage uh, to um, cases that are high risk. Uh, well, I can confirm that um, this was someone who was vaccinated and fully vaccinated quite early on in the campaign. This is also someone who um, is part of routine testing. So uh, they were last tested um, uh, on the 12th and then the 19th, so regular testing. Uh, and it was their most recent test in which this case has been picked up. So you can see those protocols there uh, working as we would intend. And look, when we, when we opened on both sides, we of course knew that we would continue to have cases connected to our border. In fact, when we announced the date for opening the Trans-Tasman bubble, Queensland was dealing with cases um, linked to its border. So we accept that's going to be part of our journey together. I think Australia accepts that. Uh, and for both sides, we're always looking for clear connection to the border. In this case, there is. Okay, so first of all, I just got a comment. We've got people who are boarding these quote-unquote high-risk planes where they're taking people, I guess presumably New Zealanders, from high-risk hot zones back home, one can only assume, and then these people who are cleaning the planes amidst all of this COVID hysteria, because New Zealand is one of the most hysteria-prone areas for this, as we've seen, if you've been paying attention to the news at all, we're supposed to believe that people who are cleaning planes are not going in dressed to the nines in hazmat gear. Because if you wear a hazmat suit, 
then there's virtually no way you'll contract a disease. I mean, I don't understand how that could work unless you lick the hazmat suit after. If you're wearing protective gear, which I'm sure that you would be if you're really handling a red zone plane, a tainted airliner. No, I just don't buy it. You see, in this interview, Jacinda is doing her best to virtue signal and say, oh, no, we've got the COVID situation under control. By the way, one case and the media is going, hey, we got a problem here. Wow, you're ridiculous. I don't know if this speaks to the actual state of uh, paranoia of most people in New Zealand, but hey, you already live on an isolated island in the bottom corner of the world. Take a chill pill, will you? You're going to be all right, dude. Anyways, so then she goes on to say this individual has also been vaccinated. So hold on a second. Presumably this person's wearing full protective gear and they've been vaccinated and they got COVID. Oh, it must be from the plane. Oh, it couldn't be in the city. Oh my gosh, it couldn't be in the home. Oh, it couldn't have spread any other way. It had to have been from these Ridzoons. You got to watch the video as well. I'll link to the article. The video, I can't embed it for some reason, but I'll link to the article. She is such a virtue signaling panderer. It's the worst. Does anyone take anything this woman says seriously? She is just a human talking head hoping to get elected. That's all she is. She's pandering. She does a lot of stuff with the indigenous people in New Zealand. It's all bullshit. Give me a friggin' break. Clearly, she's trying to show that she's got the situation under control. There are no COVID cases in New Zealand, and the only time a case came in is because there was this guy working on a plane coming from Ridzoons. It don't make any sense, and it certainly don't make any sense that this guy who was vaccinated quite early on in the program got COVID-19, of course, presuming the vaccines work. Uh, so anyways... That's where we stand right now. We've got a vaccine that doesn't really even work and a full court press to get you vaccinated. Even if you're a Republican. Let's take a drink of this clip to see what I'm talking about, shall we? You know, even before the pause, you know this well, there was concern, especially among Republican voters, about getting a vaccine at all. Two in five Republicans in polls say they want to avoid the vaccine altogether. So how do you depoliticize the vaccine and can you reach herd immunity if that many people don't get vaccinated? Well, that will be a problem, Martha, if we get a substantial proportion of people not getting vaccinated. What we are doing is we're trying to get by our community core trusted messages that anyone would feel comfortable with listening to, whether you're a Republican or Democrat and independent or whomever you are, that you're comfortable. And these are people in the community they could be sports figures, they could be entertainers, they could be clergy, they could be people who the community trusts. And we want to go that way to get people to understand how important it is, not only for your own health, but also for the health of your family and ultimately, as you alluded to, for the health of the country. So what the heck does this mean? If you don't want to get the vaccine, you might be a redneck. It's a Jeff Foxworthy bit in their minds. <laughs> two out of five Republicans, also known as two out of five complete dumb shits, won't get the vaccine. That's what they want you to think. That's the subtext of what they're saying. Wow, how ridiculous. 
They're saying anybody who doesn't buy into the status quo narrative is an idiot who needs to be vaccinated. Shut up and listen to Garth Brooks as he tells you what's what about vaccines. Don't ask any questions. Don't have any thoughts. Don't take your own life into your own hands. Just get vaccinated for the sake and the safety of your country, people. Are you not patriotic? Why aren't you getting the vaccine? Doing your civic duty. It's all absurd. Well, he continues. Let's listen to this. Because when you get an overwhelming proportion of the population vaccinated, for absolutely certain, you're going to see those numbers start coming down. Uh, sure thing, Dr. Fauci. But um, why wasn't there a vaccine push for the flu like this? Look, the key thing that people are concerned about is that this vaccine's crunk. And it's got all sorts of wacky weirdness surrounding it. And it was pushed out and it hasn't been tested. And the trials aren't even finished. So why wouldn't you expect a certain amount of hesitancy? Of course there's going to be hesitancy. People don't want to take this because they don't understand what it is. And they see that it's doing damage. Which will make it better for everyone. Right now we're in somewhat of a precarious position. We're having... A seven-day average of over 60,000 new infections per day. Yeah, because they're testing everyone under the sun. They want to support this false narrative that they need to get the vaccine out there. That's a place you don't want to be. And we'll get out of that place the more and more people get vaccinated. And fortunately, we're vaccinating at least three to three to four million people a day. And we're getting out there about 30 million vaccinations per week. Oh, my God, we're in a precarious position, but we're going to probably vaccinate everyone within a couple weeks. So what's the precarious position again? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. We've got so many people, two out of three Republicans. Do the math on that. How many people voted for Donald Trump in the last election? The numbers don't line up on any metric that they're trying to give you in this little presentation. That's good news. We've got to keep that up. But we also have to make sure that people don't don't throw caution to the wind and declare victory prematurely. That's not the time to do that. And and Dr. Fetcher, we just have about 20 seconds left. Pfizer's CEO said a third dose of their vaccine would be needed within a year of the initial vaccination. Uh, Moderna, J&J have said the same. Do you have any indication when we will know this and is there a plan in place? Yeah, what you do, Martha, is you take a look at the, uh, the level of what we would consider a correlative immunity, be it an antibody, and when the slope starts coming down, you could predict when you're going to get below the safe level, or you could start seeing breakthrough infections. I believe by the time we get to the end of the summer and the beginning of the fall, we'll have a pretty good idea whether we definitely or not need to give people boosts and when we need to give it to them. Okay, thanks so much for joining us this morning, Dr. Fauci. Always great to see you. Okay, so if you know anything about how the flu season works and how these types of viruses um, ebb and flow within a cycle during the year, they go and drop off the face of the earth in the summertime. Okay, so vaccination season, quote unquote, is before winter. That's when you get vaccinated. So why would you need a third dose? You would only need to re-up your vaccine yearly. If you if you were subscribing to that line of rationale. So this whole talk about the third dose being necessary, I have to call in the question, Dr. Fauci's credibility, top doctor, of course, in the world, 80 years old and not practicing. Remove from your mind immediately that these people should be trusted. They are lifelong politicians who have no business talking to you the way that they're talking to you. They 
want you to think they're the expert because that's what they have crafted their entire career on is this illusion that their expertise is warranted. No matter how you slice it, this guy is not the top doctor that everyone thinks he is just because they put him on TV all the time. And by the way, that's proof positive right there. How many TV spots does this guy do? How many interviews does this guy do? When is he looking at the data? When is he actually doing the work? He's like an Orwellian big brother figure at this point. He's a talking head. It's, it, I mean, it couldn't be any more obvious to me that this guy is not to be trusted or listened to. He's made a lifetime of simply answering questions in a way that sounds rational. If you just subtract from your mind the belief that he should be listened to, then voila, you'll realize that everything he says is utter quackery. So let's put it over to another professional liar. Her name is Jen Psaki. She's the White House press secretary. I wonder how long she'll last. She spells out exactly how much you're going to be spending on forcing this vaccine into the arms of those who are hesitant. Take a drink of her, if you will. Well, there are a number of steps that we've taken in the recent weeks, uh, including uh, launching the Community Corps, which is our program to provide fact-based messages into the hands of local messengers. So we've now, we're now working with more than 4,000 organizations that have signed up so far uh, across the country, including in a number of the states that you mentioned. We're also investing $3 billion to states and community-based organizations to th strengthen vaccine confidence in the highest risk and hardest hit communities. And often people uh, think of that as just black and brown communities, and that is not. As you've noted, that is also conservative communities, white evangelicals. It's it's a range of communities around the country. What we found to be most effective is to work with these local organizations. So faith-based organizations, community health organizations, civic leaders and others who can really get this message deeply uh, in communities. We've also had a number of our um, members of our COVID team from Dr. Fauci and, uh, and Dr. Collins uh, participate, as an example, participate in a range of media interviews. You know, an example is Dr. Collins participated in the 700 Club. Dr. Nunez-Smith hosted a Faith Leaders Roundtable. Uh, we're also looking for, we've run PSAs on the deadliest catch. We're engaged with NASCAR and country music TV. We're looking for a range of creative ways to get directly connected to white conservative communities. We won't always be the best messengers, but we're still trying to meet people where they are, but also empower local organizations. Oh, that's so cool. A $3 billion grassroots propaganda campaign sponsored by the U.S. government in favor of Big Pharma. Hello, put the pieces together. They're doing the advertising for them. Could it be that they're on the take? Could it be that there's some cross wires here that you're paying for? Think about that for a second. $3 billion in taxpayer money. It's utterly absurd. Anyone who doesn't want to get the vaccine must be somebody who can be preached to. Oh, we'll just get the black preachers and we'll get the white evangelical preachers. And with those two groups taken in, everyone will have the vaccine by the end. They think you're a friggin' moron. I don't know if they legitimately think that or if this is a carefully woven PR campaign. It could be either one at this point. I really am not too sure, but look at the business interests. The more vaccines that Pfizer, Moderna sell, 
the more money into their coffers of these American companies. Follow the money. And as we've seen before, and I've covered in this podcast, we've seen Pfizer sponsoring television events in favor of the vaccines, in favor of this COVID propaganda. And now we see a second degree of separation, but still connected, a segment produced by Walgreens. Well, let's take a look at the promo reel, shall we? Take a drink. And we have an exclusive announcement for NBC's Roll Up Your Sleeves vaccination special airing this weekend. President Joe Biden, former president and first lady Barack Michelle Obama and Dr. Anthony Fauci. They're all slated to join in on the televised vaccine event. It'll be hosted by Grammy winning recording artist Ciara and her husband, the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson. Roll Up Your Sleeves will be an hour long show with the aim to inform viewers and encourage folks to go out and get their COVID vaccine. The special will have everybody's on the stage. Look at that. It's, star, it's wow. a star-studded lineup. Um, I'll name a few. Jennifer Lopez, Jennifer Hudson, Faith Hill, Matthew McConaughey, Sterling K. Brown. We've got Billy Crystal, Wanda Sykes. Um, Who's not there? Ken Jong. <laughs> I should do that. It'd be quicker. Shaq, Charles Barkley, among so many others. Roll Up Your Sleeves airs Sunday at 7 p.m. right here on NBC. And for more information on when and where and how you can sign up to receive your COVID vaccine, we encourage you to head over to planyourvaccine.com. Oh, he doesn't say that it's produced and sponsored by Walgreens, but trust me, I can assure you that it is. I've got the link on the old website, drinkingfromhumanskulls.com. Go there, you'll find it. And that's just where we are. Walgreens, of course, the place where they'd love you to get vaccinated. I believe if you walked into any Walgreens across America, you could get vaccinated. And they get money for that, of course. There's no doubt they get money for that. And of course, why not? They also want you to get into the store. Well, you go into the store, you get vaccinated, you buy a couple of trinkets as well. Good business. Hey guys, it's me, Donnie. Head to drinkyfromhumanskills.com to join my mailing list. I'll send you my newest episodes and my hottest selfies. See you there. Well, folks, at this point, it should be clear they really, 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 really want you to get vaccinated. And um, if you watch that special presented by Walgreens, they have a few segments of people celebrating taking off their masks and not having to wear them around their vaccinated friends. But hold on, slow your roll, because the CDC, a science-based organization, has a different thought about that situation Well, even if you're vaccinated, you still have to wear your masks indoors. And in some circumstances, you better wear your masks outdoors as well. And much to my surprise, even the pundits at CNN are not agreeing with this line of rationale. Huh. Well, gosh, golly, that's a real surprise. Let's first take a drink of the CDC guidance and then we're going to progress on. There are many situations where fully vaccinated people do not need to wear a mask, particularly if they are outdoors, as shown by the graphic on the right. If you are fully vaccinated and want to attend a small outdoor gathering with people who are vaccinated and unvaccinated, or dine at an outdoor restaurant with friends from multiple households, the science shows if you are vaccinated, you can do so safely unmasked. 
First of all, why does the director of the CDC sound like she's giving a high school level presentation? She's practiced for days. She's ready to go. I'm going to do my best on this presentation. The science shows that you can do so safely unmasked. This is one of the top scientists on the planet. Are you cool? I can't. I don't remember her name because she's, she's that forgettable. Wojcikowski, Rajikapowski, who knows her? I don't, frankly, don't care. She's one of these doppelganger types. She looks like a decrepit witch in all of her photographs, but somehow in her video presentations, she looks like she's got flawless skin, no wrinkles. I don't understand it, but I'll tell you what, if this was circa 1500 Europe, I think we'd be burning her at the stake right about now. Not advocating for that. It's a terrible tragedy, these witch trials. I'm just saying she might have been one of the ones who was selected as a heretic and thus scheduled for a burning at the stake. Just judging by her appearance and her demonic overtones. You know what I'm saying? Let's continue listening to her bright presentation. Good job, Sally J. On the CDC website, we have posted examples of numerous outdoor activities that are safe to do without a mask if you are fully vaccinated. Generally, for vaccinated people, outdoor activities without a mask are safe. However, we continue to recommend masking in crowded outdoor settings and venues, such as packed stadiums and concerts, where there is decreased ability to maintain physical distance and where many unvaccinated people may also be present. Does this make any sense to you? Because presumably if you're vaccinated, it shouldn't matter. You're not going to get sick. What's the big deal? But they're saying you still have to wear a mask if you're outdoors and if you're mixing with unvaccinated people. What is this? Are we going to require a badge? Are you going to have to wear some sort of a signifier to say, I've been vaccinated? How about a dunce cap with a down arrow pointing to your stupid thick skull? And by the way, this is once again one of those moments where you got to go to drinkingfromhumanskulls.com and check out the video of this ridiculous presentation to see the graphics they put together. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's comical at best. Well, let's continue, shall we? We will continue to recommend this until widespread vaccination is achieved. Now let's talk about what you can do indoors. Here again, we have unvaccinated people and their risk on the left where nothing has changed. Risk is indicated and masking is required. We then show the markedly decreased risk for vaccinated people on the right. Given what we know about COVID-19 vaccines and their efficacy, it is also safe for those who are fully vaccinated to return to the activities they love doing inside while wearing a mask. So what's different? <laughs> you got the vaccine. Now you can return to the activities you love doing indoors while wearing a mask. What's different? Folks, let me remind you once again that these are theoretically the best and top scientists in the entire world. To get this position, you should have to have a substantial track record in your field. It should be obvious to anybody at this point that this is an organization run by politicians, not experts. This is a federal organization 
jurisdiction over the entire country of the United States. Within that country, there are two states that are always lambasted, but without just cause. Talking about Texas, talking about Florida, both states which have railed against the lockdowns and the mask requirements, and both states have not had any surge in COVID cases. In fact, they've had case numbers go down. They've had death numbers go down. So what is going on with these so-called science-based experts at the CDC? It's laughable. The guiding principles we released today and the illustrative examples compare the safety of several activities if you are vaccinated or not. And the difference is clear. As we gather more and more data on the real-world efficacy of vaccines, we know that masked, fully vaccinated people can safely attend worship services inside, go to an indoor restaurant or bar, and even participate in an indoor exercise class. To be clear, she's saying you can participate in an indoor exercise class while wearing a mask. Okay? Let's continue. Although these vaccines are extremely effective, we know that the virus spreads very well indoors. Until more people are vaccinated, and while we still have more than 50,000 cases a day, mask use indoors will provide extra protection. And now let's check in with CNN's pundits to see what they have to say. They really didn't roast this lady, but they did do a good job of calling out the obvious hypocrisy. So let's take a drink of this. Okay, Sanjay, let's talk about the big headlines. Basically, if you are fully vaccinated, you can now enjoy, for the summer, lots of activities outdoors, unmasked. But not if you're in a big venue, basically like a concert or a stadium. So let's start there with that change. But also, why do you still need to wear a mask in a big venue if you're vaccinated? Right. So first of all, I think just from a from a scientific standpoint, I think in some ways what these these new recommendations or a loosening of the guidelines reflect is, is I think what the science has, has shown for some time. You're just very unlikely to to transmit this virus if you're outdoors. I mean, we've known this for for some time. Now we have plenty of data. Fewer than 10 percent of overall cases uh, have come from outdoors. Uh, the virus transmits exponentially more likely indoors versus outdoors. Regarding outdoor concerts, I think, Allison, that, that was your question. That is the one area on that graphic where they still have a vaccinated person wearing a mask. And frankly, that may change as well as more and more people get vaccinated. I don't think it's, it's absolutely clear cut. Uh, again, for the reasons I just mentioned, I think it's, it's just very unlikely for the virus to spread outdoors, period. If you're in an area of the country where there's a lot of virus there, one of these red zones, uh, and you're going to be next to somebody for a prolonged period of time where you can't physically distance, perhaps that's the situation that they're sort of, uh, you know, uh, saying you'd still need to wear a mask even if you've been vaccinated. But I got to say, you know, it's, it's very unlikely in those situations for vaccinated people to be transmitting the virus outdoors. So as we talked about a few weeks ago, saying we anticipate these guidelines changes, uh, I would anticipate in a few weeks that we would see guidelines change again, loosening on things like what you're asking about. Okay, so there's Dr. Sanjay Gupta from CNN um, making all kinds of sense. And he doesn't always make all kinds of sense. But in this case, he calls it out directly. We've known for months that this thing doesn't transfer outside. Less than 10% of cases are 
attributed to an outdoor transfer. And by the way, I don't even know how you would come up with that statistic. So I think it's probably less than that. Frankly, you need to be in close contact. You need to be swapping spit with somebody else. You need to be in their face for a very long period of time. It's not magic. This virus is not magic. The symptoms that the virus creates are a tool to spread the virus. That's why these types of viruses make you cough, make you sneeze, give you phlegm. They want to spread around through these vectors. Okay, so... When you sneeze, unless you sneeze directly in someone's face, a virus is not capable of flight. And we've known for a long time that the sun destroys this thing almost instantly. Wind will break it up. And it's not magic, folks. Let's remember that. It's not magic. After all, they do have to keep their audience, and they've been hammering this for over a year. Social distancing, lockdowns, get your vaccine, get your masks on. They've been hammering this at one of the chief... TV stations that are continuously hammering this. But at the end of the day, they need to keep their audience. If they don't have an audience, they can't sell ads, and they certainly can't run propaganda for these pharmaceutical companies. So they've got to be aware of that, don't they? And it's not just CNN asking questions about when this masking hysteria will let up. We've got the Today Show also grilling Anthony Fauci, wondering when these mask restrictions will let up particularly with children. Take a drink of this. You know, it sets up a strange situation, especially when you start talking about kids. I'll tell you a story. I walked to pick up my little girl at the bus stop yesterday after the CDC recommendations came out. I took off my mask. I waited for her. There was no one else around. She got off the bus with her little mask on. She had to wear her mask. I didn't on the walk home. When are kids going to be able to take off those masks and play outside at the playground? Before we let Dr. Fauci respond, I just have to interject here and say, hey, parents, you're allowed to not be complete lunatics. Your child doesn't have to wear a mask. You don't have to force them to wear a mask while you're walking home. Hey, are you cool? Is this even real? I think this is a fake little skit they're doing. Anyhow, let's see what Dr. Fauci, the best doctor in the whole world, has to say. Okay, take a drink. You know, that's going to be the same thing that I mentioned a moment ago. It's going to be a situation. Well, first of all, kids will ultimately wind up getting vaccinated. But you want to have some activity in that direction before they do. High school kids will likely get vaccinated as we get into the fall term. And children of any age will likely be vaccinated by the time we get to the end of the year. But let's not talk about the end of the year. Let's talk about the immediate or intermediate future. So there is Dr. Fauci talking about how all the kids are going to get vaccinated anyway, so just chill for a moment, right? Do all the kids get the flu vaccine? Well, I don't understand why all the kids are going to get vaccinated, especially when they're in a very low-risk group by the numbers, by the fake numbers. They're in a low-risk group. So let's continue. When children are out in the community... When you have 30, 40, 50,000 new infections per day, they, they are unvaccinated now because children can't get vaccinated now. And for that reason, they are more at risk of getting infected because they are out in the community where there is a lot of infection. There you go. Makes perfect sense because kids are out in the community 
they stand to get infected more. What are you talking about, dude? How is it that kids are out in the community more so than any other group without context? What is he even talking about? What kids are... Everyone's locked down. Schools are closed. Kids are out in the community? What do you mean, riding their bikes around? Outside? What are you talking about? This is the kind of nonsense that we're supposed to just accept. When the community level starts to go way down, the risks to everybody, including the children, is going to be dramatically diminished. But isn't it a weird situation because I'm not fully vaccinated yet? I can take off my mask and walk home. She can't. Like, aren't, doesn't that just point up that these CDC guidelines, there's some kind of disconnect if that's the situation? That's putting it lightly, a disconnect. What she means to say is the CDC rules don't make any goddamn sense at all. And since you're the expert top doctor in the world, why don't you make some sense of it? Well, if you want to listen to an old man yammer, stay tuned. Here we go. Take a drink. Well, yeah, what you're pointing out, you're, 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 what you're referring to, Savannah, is the top two uh not fully vaccinated that people can go out without masks if you walk run with members of your household attend a small outdoor gathering fully vaccinated with friends then after that everything has a mask on it as you're showing correctly now on the screen so what you're asking if you are on the left hand part and you see unvaccinated people walk outdoors with members of your household and you're asking now if your child is a member of your household. Can you walk outdoors with your child without a mask? According to that chart, the answer is yes. But the child can't, not to beat it, yeah. beat it to death. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. So there's Dr. Fauci, top doctor in the whole world, best scientist known to man, takes a full minute yammering before he answers the question, which is kids always have to wear a mask because they can't be vaccinated. Of course... Not yet, at least. As we heard earlier, Dr. Fauci said, don't worry because we're going to vaccinate all the kids. Just sit tight for a moment, won't you? Hey guys, it's me, Doni, the host of Drinking from Human Skulls. The world is coming to an end, you don't have a job, and you're bleeding your parents dry. Pretty soon, everyone you know and love is going to die in nuclear war. That's why this is the perfect time to donate to Drinking from Human Skulls, a professional podcast. Just visit DrinkingFromHumanSkulls.com and click the donate button to get started. And if you can't afford to donate, click on anything that looks like an ad. Doing so will help me and your corporate overlords. Why let your money disintegrate in a mushroom cloud when you could support the Drinking From Human Skulls podcast? Now, let's get back to the show. Well, now that that issue is put to bed, the host moves on to a situation where... Joe Rogan actually made a comment. He's a popular podcasting host. If you haven't heard of him, what rock are you living under? Anyhow, he made a, a very controversial quote-unquote statement saying that if a young person asked him if, he should get, if they should get the vaccine, he would probably say, no, why would you do that? Which I think makes a lot of sense because young people, young, healthy people are not getting sick. And if they do get sick, it'll fight it off. It'll be no big deal. No reason to shut down the entire world and get a vaccine. That's for sure, especially an experimental vaccine. 
Well, let's hear how Dr. Fauci, again, the top scientist, top doctor, best in the whole world, number one smartest guy, weighs in on this one. Take a drink. Um, real quickly, I want to ask you, popular uh, podcast host Joe Rogan, you may have heard about this, made comments about young people getting vaccinated. Vaccinated, It's getting a lot of buzz. He said, if you're like 21 years old and you say to me, should I get vaccinated? I say no. If you're a healthy person and you're exercising all the time and you're young and you're eating well, I don't think you need to worry about this. Saying young, healthy people shouldn't get vaccinated. Just quickly, your response? Well, that's incorrect, Savannah. And the reason why is that's you're talking about yourself in a vacuum then. You're worried about yourself getting infected and likelihood that you're not going to get any symptoms. But you can get infected and will get infected if you put yourself at risk. And even if you don't have any symptoms, you are propagating the outbreak because it is likely that you, even if you have no symptoms, that you may inadvertently and innocently then infect someone else who might infect someone who really could have a problem with a severe outcome. Yeah. So if you yeah. want to only worry about yourself and not society, then that's okay. But if you're saying to yourself, even if I get infected, I could do damage to somebody else, even if I have no symptoms at all. And that's the reason why you've got to be careful and get vaccinated. Yeah. So you say young, healthy people should get vaccinated. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. <laughs> Dr. Fauci, no, as always, appreciate you getting up early with us. Thank you. Good to be with you, Savannah. Thank you for having me. Take care. I think this host, Savannah, has had enough. It's so funny because at the end of every bout of yammering that Fauci forces her to endure, she just summarizes it with one simple question. So uh, you're saying that young, healthy people do need to get vaccinated. Is that correct? And he's like, oh, yes, absolutely. And she just snickers because she knows that she's participating in a stage production, a theater event. Come on down to Broadway. It's happening live on television, starring Anthony Fauci. Does anybody think for a moment that this is all ridiculous, that we're listening to one guy in a couple organizations? And there is no debate. There is no discussion. They will not bring doctors who have different opinions on television. They ban them from YouTube and social media. I mean, I, that, does that sound like science to you? Does that sound like consensus? It sounds like they're silencing a giant chunk of the conversation and they're giving airtime exclusively to an old man as we've said again and again and folks make no mistake there are doctors out there who have a very different take than what you'd hear from dr fauci and the cdc and amongst those doctors we're going to feature today a man from Lytton, bc an interior town small town in my home province of British Columbia, Canada, named Dr. Hoff, who has quite a story to tell about his vaccination situation in Lytton, BC. So let's take a drink of Dr. Hoff. He's being interviewed on Rebel News, a fantastic and emerging news station from Canada who is dead set on telling the other side of the story I think we can guess that they're not sponsored by Big Pharma. Let's take a drink of this fantastic interview with Dr. Hoff. And of course, we'll comment along the way. Take a drink. But can you brief us before we get into your open letter and your concerns with the Moderna vaccine? Is that right? Yes. That, yes. That, that is the only vaccine that has been given in our community. Okay. 
and, and my yeah so so my concerns about it are um are just what i've seen in my own patients you know mm-hmm. this is not some kind of theory this is not a what if i'm just telling what i've seen and and so so the the first 900 people got it in our community in january um, and then there was a long pause, I think, while it was being given elsewhere. And shortly after that, I was actually away for six weeks. Uh, I went to visit my elderly mother in South Africa. And I came back. And um, as people were coming into my office, I started seeing more and more very troubling neurological side effects from it. Mm. And initially, I thought, well, maybe it's just one. you know. And, and as more and more came in, um, I got more and more concerned about that. And so um, so I, I was told that if I had any questions about this vaccine, who to direct them to. So I directed them to our medical health officer who I haven't received a reply from yet. So, um, so then I, I, um, I directed the... Um, I directed my letter to Dr. Bonnie Henry. And, and unfortunately, I, I know the authorities are determined to roll out this vaccine no matter what. And, and, and so I, I, I really didn't expect a reply from her, which is why I made it an open letter. Mm-hmm. But, but um, so yeah, so to my absolute astonishment, um, she, she, she did reply in referring it to a, a vaccine specialist who I then spoke to. Um, and unfortunately got no answers, uh, but yeah. So, so that's sort of the background of it is, is just, just my great concern because I think this is a dangerous vaccine just from what I've seen in these, uh, these, well, there's now six people. It's almost three months since their vaccine. And I have six people with ongoing neurological side effects from this vaccine. And they, they only got the first shot. Okay, so right away, this is not quackery. This is just a doctor simply reporting on what he has seen in his own practice. I don't know why we don't hear more of this. Why are we not hearing doctor reports of their own practice? And as the story unfolds, you're going to see that it's more than just what he's seen in terms of adverse vaccine effects. It's about his gag order and how he was silenced let's just keep listening because this is a fascinating look at the draconian nature of the health authorities here in canada and by the way if you're listening in america don't get it twisted yeah sure we have health care but it ain't good or at least in the last few years it's gone way downhill they don't care about you you're a number And if you don't have a family doctor, which is many people, that's another problem in Canada is we just don't have enough family doctors for everybody. But by the way, if you don't have a family doctor, you're screwed because you have to go to a walk-in clinic and they don't care about you. Anyway, let's continue. Wow. I'm just, yeah. I'm just going to um, just say one thing, and we'll get to the, I want to know how your meeting yeah. was uh, as well in this interview. But before you kind of dive in to the um, the side effects you're witnessing, I want to ask, um, have you also had a lot of experience working with people with COVID-19 in your small community? No. No, absolutely not. You know, people were terrified. The elders wouldn't go out. Um, people were were very afraid initially, and 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 
and we all were because we were told that this was a, a deadly thing that was going to kill tens or hundreds of millions of people and, and, and everyone needed to be very afraid. Okay. But, so, and so we have had quite a few people in our community that have had it. Right. But not a single one has needed any medical care for COVID whatsoever. I mean, no, they just stayed at home until they were better and, and didn't even need a phone call. I mean, literally, it was less than the flu for everybody in our community that has wow. had it so far. So you tell me, is this man lying? Is this man simply out of his mind? Is he a quack? Of course, first of all, they're in a small town in the middle of the province, and that's very far away from the major um, population center. So why would they have a lot of cases? Of course, they wouldn't. So why would they need this vaccine? And then by his own observation, the patients who had COVID were not even that sick. Certainly a far cry from the doom and gloom that they would have you believe. Anyway, let's continue. So now you have these concerns with uh, the side effects of the vaccine. So I also want to ask, I mean, have you been giving other vaccines, you know, the flu vaccine over the years and other types of vaccines as well? And are you finding that these side effects are out of proportion to, to what you've had to give to your community in the past? Yes, absolutely. This is a whole different ball of wax. So, so we give the flu shot out to, to hundreds of people every flu season. Um, I've in the, in the 28 years that I've been here, I've only ever seen one really serious reaction to it. That's a patient who now has multiple sclerosis from it, but that was literally one in 28 years. So we give it out to lots of people and we give tetanus shots. In fact, those are the only two that I give in my office because most of it's done by the public health nurses here. And so, but I have never seen any vaccine do this. So the interviewer obviously playing out her inner voice of the objectors who might say, well, this guy's a quack. He's not experienced. He doesn't know anything about vaccines. Well, that's simply not the case. Year in, year out, he's given these vaccines, different vaccines to many people, and he hasn't seen the same sort of reactions that he's seeing with this COVID vaccine. And by the way, a reminder, the COVID vaccine is different than every other vaccine that we have ever known. A typical vaccine is a part of the virus called an antigen. You introduce that to the body and it kind of figures out how to defend against it. Usually you don't get sick from these, but if you did get sick from, let's say, the flu vaccine, you would get the flu. It would mean that you were severely immune compromised and perhaps shouldn't have been given this vaccine in the first place, but it does happen. Some people do get the flu from the flu vaccine. The COVID vaccine is telling your body to produce spike proteins so that you know how to destroy them. It's, it's really gnarly, weird stuff. I myself have tons of questions about how this works and what are the long-term effects and will it ever stop producing these spike proteins? Are there other spike proteins in the body that you wouldn't want to be destroyed? Who knows? I mean, we don't know about this stuff, but let's continue listening to Dr. Hoff and see what he has to say about some of his patients. Okay, now let's talk about what exactly this is. You said you have six patients with very concerning side effects. So tell us a little bit about what's happened to them. Yeah, so I think the worst of them, and perhaps the most tragic, just because she's a young person. So as you know, mostly it's the elderly that have been given this vaccine first. 
Um, but in our community, because we have a lot of First Nations people, um, people, anybody over the age of 20 who wanted it could, could have it, but obviously many people were afraid. And so they were, they were told that they should get it. And in some families where there were el elderly people living in the family, all the young people were told that they need to get the vaccine to protect the elderly, which of course is absurd because we now know that the vaccine doesn't stop transmission of the virus and mm -hmm. it doesn't stop you getting it. It simply just reduces your symptoms. So for young people to get it to protect old people makes absolutely no logical sense whatsoever. But nevertheless, um, of the people who got it, who have had serious side effects, a 38-year-old lady um, who I've known for 28 years, um, she had an anaphylactic reaction to it right off the bat. And then when she had recovered from that, she went home and woke up the next day with, with tremendous body pains, just pains of her, her entire body. She also had just absolutely incapacitating fatigue. I mean, she tells me that she literally slept every day for the next three weeks until 5 p.m. I mean, she was just mm -hmm. so utterly exhausted. And then she started to slowly recover from these pains uh, and the fatigue were her predominant symptoms initially for the, the first um, three weeks and then started tapering off. But a month, a month after her shot, she developed a Bell's palsy. So half, half of her face went paralyzed. She couldn't close one eye. Um, it's obviously, it's, you know, it's hard to speak because it can affect your tongue as well. And you drool outside of your mouth. So she had quite a dense Bell's palsy. But what was peculiar was that her Bell's palsy was painful. Now, I, I've never seen that before. Bell's palsy is not, is not usually painful because mm. it's the seventh nerve that gets affected is not a sensory nerve. It's a motor nerve. You get weakness, not, not sensory symptoms. So this is very weird. I don't know how to explain that. With the onset of the Bell's palsy came just relentless headaches and, um, and just incapacitating dizziness. And this mm -hmm. isn't dizziness like you just stepped off the merry-go-round. It's not the sort of vertigo which makes everything spin. This is a dizziness where you feel like you stood up too soon or too quickly, and maybe you should sit back down again. And this dizziness has now continued on for almost two months. Wow. She can't drive a car. She can't go to work. She has been disabled since her COVID shot in mid-January. So, she, so she's probably just the most tragic because she's she's young, she's got kids, she's got a family, and now she is disabled. So let me ask you this. If you're a 38-year-old person, knowing that COVID-19 is just not really all that bad, would you get this vaccine? Would you risk these kinds of adverse effects? to protect yourself against the sniffles. You know, if you're over the age of 80 and you feel like you need to take this vaccine, by all means, give it a try. If you think you won't survive the virus, get the vaccine. I really hope that she recovers. I mean, that is a terrible tragedy. And it's not an isolated incident. Dr. Hoff has five other cases of severe adverse reactions. And we won't cover all of those here, but I encourage you to check out drinkingfromhumanskulls.com to see the full video. Rebel News put it together. Fantastic work. 
But let's continue listening to Dr. Hoff. He's got a bit more to say. Take a drink. That is so sad to hear. Now, both of those things that have she's experienced, aside from the pain that you mentioned, were something we were warned about early on uh, with the vaccines. Uh, we saw that people were having it. So uh, is this just one of those really rare cases that we were kind of warned about or... Well, well, the anaphylaxis is not, we were warned about that. It would be one in a hundred thousand is yeah. what we were told. Well, you know, out of the first 900, we had two. So, wow. uh, so big difference so, right yeah, there. So I, I think the numbers are a bit suspicious um, because apparently it has definitely been not quite what the pharmaceutical company quoted in their safety information that they gave to Health Canada. Um, according to the vaccine specialist that I spoke to, there, there, there is no, we should not be having any neurological side effects for this. The, this is not a, a recognized side effect. Uh, apparently, it's not in the literature from Moderna. I haven't gone through all their stuff. Mm. Um, I'm just telling you what I've seen and what's happened in my patients. Yes. And that's all you can do. That's all I can do. I don't claim. That's to all that. you should do. Yeah. I'm not a vaccine specialist. I'm a family doctor just telling what I have seen and heard. And yet, this man was issued a gag order, told to shut his mouth, or he could lose his medical license. Legitimately, that's what he was told. Check into the story. And so, we have to wonder, why would it be that a doctor simply expressing his concerns based on his own experience would be issued a gag order? What is going on in this country, in this world. I don't imagine this is an isolated incident. How unlucky would this small town, Lytton, B.C., have to be if they were the ones who were suffering more than any other community in the world? I just don't believe it. Let's continue. So when you decided to come forward, uh, what was the first steps that you took with, um, you know, just yes. sharing your concerns? Yeah, so I just sent an email out. It wasn't to patients. It wasn't to the public. It was just to a group of other healthcare professionals um, in our area who were giving out or organizing or giving out the vaccine. And I just sort of said to them, it was just a question, actually, you know, are we doing the right thing? You know, the Hippocratic Oath is to do no harm. And I was I was just worried about there were too many unknowns. You know, I knew this was an experimental treatment for which there are absolutely no long-term studies. Um, it's an experiment. So, so I, I just expressed my concern and, and unfortunately got reprimanded by the local health authority for, for causing vaccine hesitancy. You know, and, and this is a, you know, wow. a serious crime. And so they told me that they would be reporting me to the College of Physicians and Surgeons and that I was not allowed to say anything negative about this vaccine in our health facility. So, so, I so even to other health professionals, you were yes. told you were not even allowed to have a discussion. Well, well, like you didn't go on Facebook at this time no, or anything no. like I that. I have never, ever done anything on social media in my life. So I, I, I'm, I'm not a person that likes to be a public person at all. I am, mm -hmm. I am a, just a, a sort of a quiet guy that wants to just look after my patients. As, as the days rolled by and I started seeing more and more people come into my office and, and seeing what this vaccine was doing to people. And at that point, it was, it was more than two months since their shot. I became quite alarmed. 
you know, I, I sort of accepted my gag order. I, I you know, I, I thought, well, you know, I, I don't want to, I'm not a trouble causer. I, I've never been one that wants to stir up things. I, I'm a peacemaker, mm-hmm. but, but, but I just became really concerned that, um, th- that this, this is this experiment is going badly. You know, th- this is seriously doing harm. That we were people were told that this was safe and it was going to keep them safe, mm-hmm. and that we pretty much need to do it without getting our freedoms back as well. Exactly. Um, yeah. So this man was gagged instantly for asking questions, not stirring up shit on social media, not rebelling against the establishment simply asking private questions, not circulating them in any way, not publicizing them in any way. He was issued a gag order. And that gag order caused him to kind of lose his mind a little bit. And then he did write a public open letter to the health czar here in British Columbia. Her name is Dr. Bonnie Henry. Some people call her Dr. Bonnie Hitler. She's quite a demure individual, but I mean, it's all draconian all the time, her health edicts, because that's what they are. They are edicts. But anyway, they go on, they talk about this some more, and Dr. Hoff finishes with some fairly astonishing revelations I want you to hear. So let's take a drink of this before we wrap up. Is there anywhere you want people to go to find out more information, Dr. Hoff? Um, Yes, I I think... I think the most important thing that people, most people are being driven by fear mm-hmm. and, and say, what, but what else are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Because this is a terrifying virus. We keep seeing on the news every day about all these people that are dying everywhere. Um, the vaccine passports oh, are yeah, looming over our know, heads. Exactly, exactly. So, so I, think, I think the most important thing that people need to know, firstly, is that this virus has the same recovery rate as the seasonal flu in every age category. It is not the horrendous killer virus that that it is made out to be. It has the same recovery rate in every age category as the flu. The, The average age of those that have died from COVID in North America is 81. The median age is 85. Three quarters of all the people that have died from it live in old age homes. Those are the same people that die from the flu. So the the pandemic is there in the old age homes. It's not in the community. Well, this is stuff that I've been saying. This is stuff that many others have been saying. But now, look, it's a doctor saying it. So are you going to accept it now? He's a doctor. I guess he's a scientist. He sees patients. He sounds quite reasonable. He doesn't sound like he's lying. Why would he be? He's been practicing medicine for over 20 years. Why would he lie? He sounds like somebody who reviews the data. He, in fact, has said that he does. Why would you listen to other health experts, quote unquote, who are not seeing patients, who are perhaps not reviewing the data? And so people who are being driven by fear to, to, to take this vaccine, who think they've got no alternative to keep them safe, need to realize that there are alternatives. Mm-hmm. And so the, the um, but that's a, that's a topic for a whole nother talk, but yeah. there, are, <laughs> there, there, there are wonderful and effective 
treatments. This is not an incurable yeah, yeah, maybe I'll have you back for treatments because yeah, I'm upset about that. Where you, you know, the authorities will tell them, just go home, self-isolate, and if you can't breathe anymore, then come to the hospital. That is absurd. That is absolutely absurd. There are very good treatments for it that we didn't know about a year ago, but we know now. It, just so that pe- people mustn't think that this is the only thing they can do is have this shot. Mm-hmm. And most of all, for young people to have it to protect old people is absolutely absurd because it doesn't stop transmission. Even if you've had the shot, you can still take the the the, the, the virus to your granny when you go and visit her. Mm-hmm. So that is completely illogical. And it's going to give a false sense of security in that case, which is a whole nother issue. So Exactly. So here we have it confirmed by Dr. Hoff. And again, this is not new. This is not a revelation. Even the CDC, even the Surgeon General last year can be quoted as saying that this vaccine does not stop transmission. Now, if it lessens the symptoms, let's be clear, if it does lessen the symptoms, then it will, by proxy, have an effect on slowing the spread, slowing the transmission in some sense. But compare it to the analog of the flu, and the flu vaccine doesn't really stop the spread of the flu Could it be argued that if the entire population was vaccinated against the flu, would that make a difference? I don't know. There are, as we've discussed before, four main types of the flu and several different strains within those types. So every year they kind of ebb and flow and who knows how to stop the flu. And now who knows how to stop coronaviruses, by the way. COVID-19 is just one of a whole scaff of coronaviruses, and there's also retroviruses and other viruses that cause cold and flu-like symptoms that exist. And they're going to exist for all eternity, as far as we know. So we need to, instead of being fearful, instead of subscribing to these wild and wacky vaccines, instead of facing these crazy mask mandates, lockdown mandates, we need to instead build our immune systems, take vitamin D. That's been shown to have a very, very strong effect. Take vitamin C. Again, strong immune support from vitamin C. Take a multivitamin. Get some sunshine. Get exercise. Eat healthy. These are the things you can do to protect yourself against COVID-19. I personally believe that the reason you don't hear this kind of rhetoric more often is because they don't want you to hear it. They want to sell their vaccines. There is no money in vitamin D. Sure, they can make it and they can sell it, but it's pennies on the dollar compared to a vaccine. A vaccine is a novel product. Of course, they can jack the price up on that. And of course, as we've seen, get all the world governments to agree to purchase many, many doses for years to come. We're now five months into the vaccination campaign. We're still wearing masks. We're still locked down. We're still social distancing. So when will it end? Where I live in Vancouver, BC, people are still wearing double masks outside like freaking scared lemmings. When is this world going to change? I don't care if it goes back to normal. I am more depressed about the fact that people are unable to think rationally about this. But I'm given hope, 
Every time I go to a YouTube video about NBC News Report or CBC News Report and I see the overwhelming thumbs down on the video, that doesn't happen by magic. I think there's a growing negative sentiment having to do with these COVID restrictions and certainly the overall handling of this. I'm glad I'm not alone, but it's not enough. We have to push even harder to show these propagandists and these politicians that they will not be accepted. They cannot do this to us. Vote with your conscience. I certainly know I will be. In fact, I never voted before in Canada, and I will be now. That's for damn sure. So thank you once again for listening to Drinking from Human Skulls. My name is Doni. I wish you all the best. Stay strong. And let's continue this fight together.
Thank you.